0: Replicants are like any other machine. They're either a benefit or a hazard. They're a benefit, it's not my problem. We don't have to be mean, because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Conan, what is best in life? Crush your enemies, see them
1: driven before you, and they hear the lamentation of their women. Groovy.
0: Can you hammer a six-inch spike through a board with your penis? Not right now. A girl's got to have her standards. It gives
1: her a sense of control in a world full of chaos. I'm a firm believer in the philosophy of a ruling class,
0: especially since I rule. You have offended my family, and you have offended the Shaolin Temple.
1: So I was telling my buddy the other day, oh, hey, and it's welcome to <laughs> the Cult of Classics, the podcast where we talk about cult classic movies, me and my compatriot, heterosexual life partner, and um, <laughs> general whipping, whipping boy, Suwoo, <laughs> Liam Kelly. What's up, Liam? Uh, my name is Liam Kelly.
0: I'm pleased to be here. Oh, sorry. I
1: forgot you got all married and changed your name. Yeah, I did. Anyway, today... This week we're going to be talking about John Carpenter's The Thing, which was in 1982? Correct. All right, cool. Um, This movie is fantastic. Uh, It is a cult classic horror sci-fi film that uh, tells the story of an alien creature come to Earth that can assimilate the DNA of anything that it can latch onto.
0: Into a perfect imitation.
1: Yeah, and it it had the unfortunate... um, luck of being of coming out a week after S- Steven Spielberg's ET yeah which changed the face of movies and American culture <laughs> like,
0: yeah. yeah and it goes to show that like studios in general haven't been it's, it's not a new trick that they do where they will go ahead and just release um, a movie that's very similar to another movie yeah like right back to back especially if it's a different studio and I don't know I think, uh, ET was universal right?
1: Yeah, um, are you clicking on something? I'm not. Okay, I'm not. I was hearing. I'm hearing a clicking. Noise. I think it's. Oh,
0: oh, <laughs> yeah. My mic arm is uh, on top of a mouse. Okay, I was hearing that. I was like,
1: "What in the fuck is that?"
0: A computer mouse, not a not a vermin.
1: <laughs> but anyway, why don't you take us away, Liam? Because you wrote the the outline for this one. So t- take us through the thing and let's talk about it. Yeah,
0: let's get into it. Well, I like that this movie does start off with like a big old like what the fuck scene just off the bat because it opens with. A, a helicopter chasing down a dog. I really,
1: I really like that, and I like it the very beginning of the movie. Um, John Carpenter is no stranger to the effective use of POV because if you've seen Halloween, he's got like one of the greatest examples in film of uh, POV tricking the audience. Yeah. In the opening scene of Halloween, um, we're walking through Michael's eyes but it's it's him as a little kid. Mm-hmm. So it, like it's got the scary like oh this is the monster but it's him as a little kid and you know later he be, does become the monster. And he's
0: like Sue woo woo soo woo woo soo woo woo.
1: But um in in this film like we see through the dog's eyes and it's it's kind of rocking it back and forth as it moves and uh and then it cuts to the helicopter, and we realize, and they're chasing down the dog. And it's like, oh, we're looking through the dog's eyes. And, you know, it, we know the thing. But if the, this is the first time you're seeing it, you're like, why the fuck are we looking through the dog's eyes?
0: Yeah. It's really, it's it's a wild thing to to see, just, like, going inside and seeing. I was like, okay, well, then, you know, that's obviously the monster. He's just taking the form of a dog. but. That's because you know. Yeah, it's because I know, and because like you, 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 really can't help but know if you go to like rent this movie on Amazon or look up anything about it. It's like an alien shapeshifter, blah 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 blah. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. okay, well, there's a bad guy, but
1: to just watch this
0: movie and see like couple like bearded Norwegian fucks just screaming legs. and shooting at this <laughs> yeah. fucking dog, this beautiful dog. It really is beautiful. It's like a it's like a husky or a malamute or yeah. something. Like it's just a, it's a gorgeous dog. And at first, I was like, were, are they just trying to push this off, like, press this off like it's a wolf? And I was like, no, no, no,
1: that's a dog. No, they, they they, know it is. Yeah. And the, the, you know the crazy thing about how much people love dogs? is, Even though I know that this thing is a monster, I still don't want to see the dog get shot. Yeah,
0: me neither. <laughs> Aaron, my wife, was watching this with me, and she was like, if that dog dies, I'm out. I was like, the dog's going to die. The, I was like, this The dog is the devil. The dog is the villain. Like, <laughs> it's, it's bad shit's going to happen to that dog. I just get ready for it. And she was just like, wait, what? Because she didn't... Read anything about the movie before she oh, watched so it. She didn't me. know. Yeah, well, so I think she she knew generally that there was going to be some fuck shit afoot, but she didn't know the ac- exact plot of the movie. And she was like, oh, "Wait, so the dog is the Satan?" And I yes. was like, "Yes, the dog is Satan." Uh, Football is the devil. <laughs> yeah. um, so you know, we come up on that. We see just how crazy of an effect this this. Monster has had on these Norwegian dudes. They immediately both, one of them dies hilariously. <laughs> he drops a grenade in the, on the in the snow and can't find it, and then. <laughs> He just goes to pick it up? Yeah, instead of running away. Yeah. And then he just, like, he's got a, a fucking helicopter full of grenades right next yeah. to him. just blows up. But the effect of him getting shot up into the ground, is, or off the ground, is so fucking funny. It's so fast. It's like...
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> th- this is actually uh, very important, Liam, because this sets
1: a precedent throughout that's thematic throughout the film where every explosion is about ten times bigger than it Right, right, right. Like, right. anytime something blows up in this movie, it cuts to, like, a far away wide shot of just,
0: like, a giant explosion, which I love. <laughs> <sighs> like, yeah. what happened? A propane tank got too close to a flame. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> So we get introduced to our, you know, our ragamuffin like '80s band of of heroes of our main characters that are at this this research base in Antarctica, and we know it's like tangentially related to the military. There's some there's a guy in charge who is like you know mili- dressed in military garb, and it's like any it's like I got a very alien vibe from it, like kind of like a ragtag group of of like not dwells, but right. like just like oddballs who are down here. And, t- you know, it, it goes with the theme of isolation and, like, the, it goes with the, the caliber of person you would ex- acti- anticipate going yeah. to Antarctica to research for a long time.
1: But um, Alien and, if you ever watched uh, Predator,
0: this Predator is, like, the
1: thing in the jungle. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah, the yeah. exact same fucking thing.
0: Yeah, except instead of, like, a bunch of jack commandos, it's, like, a bunch of, like, weirdos. Weirdos and a
1: scientist <laughs> and a doctor. And they all only have, like, one name.
0: Yeah, yeah, everybody just has one name. And I like that, like, they immediately, they don't spend too much time on the exposition, and that's really one of my favorite things about this movie, is just how tight the script is. That's really good. It's very well constructed. Um, We have the pecking order immediately established between, like, we've got Kurt Russell's McCready, just like, you know, kind of a... Wild man, not an odd man out, but just like, you know, a no nonsense motherfucker. Yeah, loner. He's got his own little shack that he lives in. He doesn't live on the base camp. He is, you know, very capable, but also we, we established that he's not super smart at the beginning. Yeah. He's like playing chess against a, a computer. And <laughs> he's like, how do you like that, motherfucker? He makes a move. The computer immediately check makes him. Yeah. He's like, it's OV. And then he just pours a glass of Fuck scotch into it. This is a great fucking moment because
1: I watched it and now with my eyes and my first thought was, this is ridiculous. And then I I thought, you know what? This is so awesome because this is something you would only see in a movie because this just... Fucking thing has to be thousands of dollars. It's yeah. extremely expensive. And think 82? about all the people that come after you too that would like to play on it. You fucking dick bag. Yeah. yeah. And and then he just pulls it open. There's just the circuit boards, and then he just throws his whiskey in there. <laughs> like fuck this and thing. Fucking short circuits the whole thing. And it's like it's just visually cool. Yeah. It, it's not realistic, but it's just emphatic. Like you learn about his character real fast that he acts without thinking. Yeah. And that he isn't that smart. And that he just uh, is a kind of a little badass. Yeah, and so it it, it was just a cool little moment that it, I dug.
0: Yeah, I like I liked it. I think it was really good at establishing his character. And immediately, what we have is when the Norwegians show up and start shooting at the dog. they Gray is one of the members of the camp, so we immediately see everybody have to go into like action mode. Yeah, which is a very good establishing sh- shot and establishing scene, so that we see kind of what everybody does in the con in like in the confines of the camp.
1: Is that where like Palmer draws? His fucking pistol and one shots this motherfucker for sixty <laughs> yes. yards.
0: Later on in the movie, we find that Kurt Russell is a pretty good shot, but nothing on. Uh, I forget what it, what it is, his actual name is. It's like Gary or something like that. But the 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 commander of the actual research station is a fucking yeah. It's Gary. Jedi. Sorry, it's Gary. It is. He is like he breaks open a window, shoots this guy who is running. Yeah. in the like right in between his eyes from like. 30 yards away with a fucking snub-nosed revolver. Like, he's just like, yeah,
1: <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Also, this movie doesn't get caught up on the little details, because my first thought was, both times I was like, you just destroyed that chess machine, that and then it was um and then it was when a computer was a chess machine <laughs> yeah and then you and then you just busted that window and arctic wind is going to get in and freeze you guys to death and they never repair it or ever address it because they don't have time for the bullshit
0: yeah it's like it's run and gun this movie is very quick yeah um so you know we we have the the dog come inside we see the dog of uh, you know kind of Gets to walk around the crew, and then the dog eventually walks into uh, I think is it Benning's room, the guy who got shot. Yeah. Um, and, and then there's, and this
1: is while uh, they they've gone and they've checked out the Norwegian camp.
0: Yeah, they decide to leave and go check out the Norwegian camp, and they're like, Oh, the storm's storm's coming. How do we do this? And Kurt Russell, to establish himself more as a badass. Is just like eh, I fucking fly. I don't give a shit. And put on my prospector hat, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> his Tilly hat. Yeah, dude. He's tilling it up. He's uh his wardrobe is just based as fuck. And I really dig it. Yeah. Um, it's fire. So weird PowerPoint fade cut scene transition right after like the dog walks into the room. Yeah. And then there is a like a fade, like a fade to black into the middle of the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then we cut to a completely different location. It's
1: like a vignette fade. It's strange. It's, the screen vignettes into a dip to black. Yeah, And they do this several times. And I gotta say, this trend, these transitions do not hold up over time. Um, no, but like Wilfred I blame PowerPoint for popularizing. <laughs> That's, that might be true. Wilford Brimley, like, will like look up, and then this, it'll just freeze frame on him, and then it'll vignette fade, vignette dipped to black on his face where he's just freeze frame. I'm not sure. Whether they, free they freeze-frame. Free-frame.
0: Free-frame. Come on,
1: free-frame. <laughs> they free-framed them as just like a still image, or they were just like, hold really still. Dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a still image, but I'm not, I didn't look super close.
0: <laughs> but then we cut to the Norwegian camp, which is like one of our first real moments of tension in the film, where it's, uh, it's Kurt Russell's character, McCready, and the doctor, um, and they're checking shit out, and it's all fucked up. I mean, it's really a nasty scene, and one thing that I I really like that they establish this because at first I was like, we're lingering a little long on the Norwegian camp, but we get our first really good practical effect here. We get the body that they discover that has um, his throat and wrists are cut, and the blood is coming out of him like like it's frozen like a stalactite. Yeah, and it's really a like jarring image, especially because you haven't really seen any violence up until this point. Well, oh, um, you, you saw a
1: homeboy get fucking drew on and his head... Bl- his well, brain that's true. Out ...the that's other dude true. jump on a grenade. But well, you haven't seen like... But you haven't seen anything like this. Yeah, you haven't seen horror violence. Yeah.
0: Yet. And it, like, really frames where we're going. There are a couple of moments leading And this shit looks it, good. It does not look cheesy or, or
1: lame. No, the like, practical
0: effects in this movie have actually aged really well. Yeah, like I always say, dude,
1: CGI may be quicker and easier, but practical effects hold up over the over time yeah
0: well and the, at this point in film it's like almost impossible to do anything that they actually did on C, like with cgi yeah. in terms of it would have looked effects. it would have looked, like looked like shit and it would have been borderline impossible i mean yeah. the budget for it i'm sure would have eclipsed what they wouldn't needed yeah. for practical effects by far absolutely but um yeah we we have the uh, we see how fucked up their camp is too in addition to the you know gory violent you know body that we find and I really like that they set this precedent because the further we go along in the film the more that their base actually begins to look like in Mirror the Norwegian base like a, they, there are some very yep. intentional things like there's a big hole in the wall yep. and eventually like towards the end we get a big hole in the wall of the base when the thing like
1: on fire runs out of the wall yeah. and suddenly he can just plow through a fucking which I thought was a cement wall yeah. but apparently it was just cardboard like and plywood. paper mache plywood and blankets Yeah, <laughs> I was like wait you should be protecting them from the elements. It shouldn't yeah. just be like, I ran through this so easily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, and also we find, we see when they go outside, there's a big like hunk of burned bodies that are all melded together. Uh, and that becomes one, that's one of the first things first ways that the American camp starts to mirror. The yeah, Norwegian for camp. sure. Um, and we find out why very soon. Um, so we get back to the back to the ranch. We have the crazy Cronenberg monster autopsy. Yeah. That's the second, and I think really the final like stationary practical effect that we have. Um, and Doctor Wilford Brimley, Brimley uh, <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Blair, Doctor Blair is a k tr- uh, a
1: <laughs> He doesn't have a mustache, which is I, okay. I cannot stress this enough. He has the worst top lip. In maybe human history, and he really, really should hide that motherfucker. And he did for the remainder
0: of, of his, his career. Like, like is he still alive? I don't know. I don't know. Let's check on Wilfred. <laughs> I hope he is. I hope so. Too. If, or Wilfred, not Wilfred. My, if he survived, Daibitis. Daibitis. He's like, well, I'm down a foot, but uh, I'm still kicking. No, he's sees alive. Look at that fucking mustache. Born in 34, yeah, dude. That's I mean, it really glorious. goes... To, it, it it exemplifies just how much some facial hair can do for somebody. For real. Men, don't sleep on it. Don't sleep. If you can't grow it, I'm sorry. But if you can, check it out. See what it does our, for you. It's our
1: makeup. Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, we have the second practical effect, which is like the super gloopy, burned body that's yeah, yeah, horrifying. Yeah. It's like an old, like...
1: It's it's, a, it's like a Cronenbergian monster. Yeah, it's like a day. grotesque
0: like old Grecian statue. It's disgusting. Yeah, um, and we get the the gross out. We see um, it, it does a great job. This is where the movie has to really start to balance its suspense and its thriller aspects with its horror movie like gross out scenes, and it does a really good job of that throughout.
1: And and I say, uh, I, what I really love is that you've got this. We haven't really gone into them all, but there's a really big uh, cast. Like, yeah. it's a big ensemble cast here. Like, 14 here, people. And they're not the best of actors. Some of them in particular are, are pretty fucking bad. And, they like, the one scene that really tipped me off was early in the movie when um, Gary goes up to Windows, who's at um, the radio, and he's like, he just comes up yelling at him. He's just like, <laughs> have you fucking found anybody? And Windows is <laughs> like, I'm fucking looking. And then and you can see Gary waiting to say his lines. If you go back and watch this film again, like, he's like, <laughs> his, he's like, he's like, almost speaking before Windows is done. He's like, okay, <laughs> and I'm like, can we just I would just really like it if everyone just stopped being at 10 at the very beginning yeah. of the conversation. But you know, we can assume that they're all stressed out and
0: living in a fucking in this isolation chamber yeah. essentially. Um we see them all kind of being a little bit kooky at the beginning too. You got one motherfucker who's just rolling around on roller skates the whole time, yeah. gnawls
1: talking shit and playing his music way too loud at night, which is <laughs> yeah. so fucking inconsiderate.
0: <laughs> yeah. and uh, But I did love the superstition foreshadowing. That was very good. I like that. Yeah. It's one of like the only pop music cues in this movie. Yeah. And this was way before every movie just had pop music cues. Oh, yeah. John
1: Carpenter was an innovator, man.
0: Yeah. And he was also like a solid-ass composer. Oh, very much so. He's not credited on this movie, but I know you said that you can kind of hear his influence. His influence
1: is in here. And, and just a last little bit of cherry on that. I was listening to on my I was watching this on my laptop and it blew one of my fucking speakers. So now <laughs> one of my laptop speakers is just like <laughs> which sucks. So thanks, John Carpenter.
0: Thanks, John Carpenter. But you don't really get the full effect like you do in like Halloween or something like no. that. Where it's totally like John Carpenter. He has a very distinct Until the very feel. end of the movie it's like boom. boom yeah. Boom, yeah, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. So then we move into the we have our first big like practical effect that's in motion, which is the dog kennel scene. And that is disgusting fuckery. This shit I, opens up like an evil flower. It reminded me of the Demogorgon from uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, and I think I'm sure like, you can really see this movie's influence around a lot of different like of this type of like yeah. 80s style movie and horror movie um, when you watch it because it, the way its its face opens up like a plant. Yeah, and then it's just got this nasty ass like dog face, like skin yeah. dog face inside of it, and it pops open and like yeah. all the little spindly like like grabbers come out and
1: it really stays on the shot like it doesn't cut away from it it you see how fucking disgusting it is and yeah you're really and that one dog like ripping out pieces of the fucking <laughs>
0: yeah. thing. you're like come on come on dude i was like that would be that's the dog that i am i'm yeah. like i'm
1: gonna the fuck out of here but that dog is got
0: it does it gets sprayed by it's like
1: nasty acid
0: yeah yeah, big ups to the dogs in this movie. They are some of the best actors. By far. For sure. Um, but yeah, I love how everyone, like as soon as we find out, like the dogs immediately go apeshit and we find out like everybody kind of comes down to the dog kennel to see what the fuck is going on and everybody is on high alert immediately. And yeah. I really like that about this movie. I love that even though we have this kind of like ragamuffin crew, it's like a little bit like an alien where everybody is there for a reason and they're, we're not not stupid. Yeah, we're not turning these characters who are like scientific researchers and staff that have are you know, been deemed qualified to go on this special months long mission to Antarctica don't just immediately fall to pieces and start doing dumb shit. Like everybody is like, "All right, how do we contain this? We need to go ahead and get this done." Like it, we we need to lock this door and then it's like, "Oh, surprise, we're actually able to lock the door." That really kind of took me aback. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, well, you can, you can actually you closed it in it. there? And
1: they're like, and so, for some reason, we, we we don't know what their mission is there, but we can assume that it did require the use of two flamethrowers. <laughs> yeah. So they had two flamethrowers on hand. They keep them fucking dying. <laughs> on. Yeah, they really were like, well, if there is a creature that comes from the ice, you will need flamethrowers. So. Straight
0: up, it's like, and I'm here to do some business with world, the big iron on my hip. The big iron on my hip. Yep. <laughs> Um, so the dog autopsy is crazy. After they get that in line, the, the whole kennel autopsy scenes, they move us for, like I said, from the still figures into the true effects of the movie really well. And this also brings us into Bennings getting thanged. Like Bennings at this point has gotten full on thanged and he's beginning to be, he's beginning to be assimilated. Bennings Um, is the redhead. The red, the bald redhead who gets shot at the very beginning.
1: He gets, uh, thanged. Um, when he, they're in the uh, storage room, like putting the bodies up for storage. Yeah. So it's like just a little bit when they're like, oh, this is a credible scientific discovery, when they have uh, realized that this is like, these are aliens. Mm-hmm. So, and then they, yeah, and then he gets got in there by what they think is a corpse. Yeah and then that's where you learn at the same time that this these things do not die. Yeah, and they can unless live. you fucking burn them.
0: Yeah, cold does nothing. They the, just hibernate. Being
1: chopped into pieces does nothing. Shooting them does nothing. Which you know what's is cool? Is I wondered why the dogs never attacked it. And then yeah. I bet the dogs instinctively knew. Yeah, don't touch that. Don't, don't touch that. Yeah. And they were like that's why the dog was like biting the fucking
0: metal fence. Yeah, he was like ripping
1: pieces all, out of me it. Me
0: get the fuck out. And of they here. do get out. They do get a bunch of... One of them just, like, straight yoinks over... Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> over, I think his name's, like, Crawford or something. The guy with the old John Krasinski-looking motherfucker with yeah. the big beard. But um, So, yeah. So, at this point, everybody is like, this is fucky. Let's figure out what's happening. Um, and at this point, old Doc, Dr. Yeah. Blair, Wilford Muffin Brimley... <laughs> one, of the, one of the two doctors. One of the two doctors. It's Dr. Blair and Dr.
1: C- Copper. Yeah. I think. yeah. Doc Blair Blair's the scientist, Copper's the Medical uh, Doctor. Medical doctor, yeah.
0: Yeah. So Dr. Blair figures out just how fucked they are. Like he starts doing these cellular tests on the thing. And that old eighty two computer Yeah, <laughs> which doing... is just reading out facts to him yeah. somehow. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the things that I thought didn't age very well. well yeah. It's like it's like perfect imitation of life. <laughs> and yeah. it reads out and just like, if introduced to humanity at large, would be f- like full assimilation in 27,000 hours, which I think to- works out to like a few years. But this is the closing of the first act is when he finds that out. He's the fucking biggest OG in the game. Like you see him deal with it. He comes to terms with it. And he's like, okay, everybody on this base is going to have to die. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's including what he, myself.
1: Yeah, that's the that's and that's kind of the end of Act One. Yeah. is once he dis- discovers that,
0: he goes like he he goes into shutdown mode, and then and the beginning of Act Two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, well, this is kind of like the end of Act One, beginning of Act Two. But like when we see him run out <laughs> to the helicopter, or when yeah. he run back from the helicopter, because McCready is coming down from his shack and he sees Doctor Blair, like. Just like in like Long John's like, peep, 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 like <laughs> yeah. jogging back in, and he realizes that like Dr. Blair has fucked them if they're like from the trying to leave. Helicopter's been destroyed. Helicopter's been destroyed, and then we find out later that he killed all of the dogs and yep. he uh, also took out their like land craft, like whatever they had yep. jeeps or something yet. Um, and then we come in on him fucking destroying their communications.
1: And with a, like a pistol just ranting like a madman with yeah. a pistol in one hand like an axe in the other and just poor Windows is in the corner just beaten and terrified <laughs> yeah. while Brimley just, just just like just like screaming Moby Dick or something. And they something. didn't just show like,
0: it which I think was a very smart choice of not having Wolford Brimley engage in a fight scene. Yeah. <laughs> But he's, Windows is hurt. Like, he's gotten the shit kicked out. It does out of take, him. like, two
1: of them to, to, to bring him down. And then you hear, like, and then you see Kurt Russell give him a punch. Yeah. And he's got, like, a little ADR punch sound effect added. It's just like, yeah. And they're like, good, good shot.
0: Yeah. They're just like, good shot. He's like, yeah, mm
1: hmm. He's like, all I do is drink whiskey up in my shack. <laughs> tough as fuck.
0: So, beginning of Act Two. You know, again, research team not being full of dummies, they are they, they. have accepted the rules. They know what's going on because, you know, Dr. Crazy Pants has actually told them what's going on with the thing and that it can perfectly assimilate. This is before his freak out. He tells them it can perfectly imitate yes. anything. Yes. And that it doesn't take very much for it actually to start assimilating you. Um, so they...
1: It does need a certain amount of the other creature's mass because those other... The dogs... Um, they weren't like you. The one dog it was currently assimilating, it was like a full on like acid bath thing that it was, yeah, it was doing to him. So it, it does need a large amount of your mass,
0: yeah. And it does take some time, it takes
1: time, it takes time. It
0: doesn't take, I mean, like you, so it's got to have some privacy. You have to be away for a yes. little while to for it to actually like come. Com- Convincingly, which they figure him. out. Yeah, they do, and they. But they also want to know. They're like, okay, if it can perfectly imitate anybody, how the fuck do we know if anybody here is already infected? Likely, somebody is because that's one of the things he doesn't say it. But when uh, Wilfred Brimley is doing his little cellular readouts, it's like percentage chance that somebody here is already assimilated seventy five percent.
1: Yeah, it's a really high percent. Yeah, and when they all discover this, and like they have to first, they have to lock Wilford Brimley up, right? Yeah, because he's they can't have him being a madman. And no, they, then
0: they put him up in the shed. They put him in the shed and
1: um and then they get back in there like, "Well, somebody could be the fucking
0: thing." Yeah, like likely somebody is the thing. Yeah. Um yeah. and and I think at this point they already know um, that Bennings was the th- was a thing. He got thinged. Yeah, well,
1: Bennings gets thinged. They discover him and that's a really freaky scene because that's the first time we see the thing as a human. And he has not quite formed. Yes. Yeah. And he, he just like turns to them. He runs out in the snow to try to like escape. Yeah, with the
0: big broom hands.
1: Yeah, and he just got and then he's <laughs> like, Yeah, he just makes that <laughs> horrifying noise and then they just burn his ass.
0: Yeah. They and, are not playing around with the flamethrowers. No. And I love
1: that. They pour gas on him too. Yeah,
0: I love just I love how not fucking around they are.
1: They don't just sit there and get get got. Yeah.
0: And we have our first idea of how to test like the blood. They're like, we have a bunch of people's blood here already. And this is like the first moment of real whodunit suspense.
1: And that really comes from Kurt Russell. They left his ass out in the fucking snow like, they cut the line. Oh, no, no, no. This is before that. The blood test comes from Kurt Russell when he comes back from this.
0: Well, the first idea that they have is they want to test the cells of somebody who was oh, infected yeah, yeah, right, against right. the blood that they already That's have. That's right, yeah, yeah. And then this is, like, a really great moment because you realize that, like, oh, no, so there's there's it wasn't just Bannings. Yeah. Like, there's... Because the blood is all destroyed. Yeah, they have all these blood bags and they're all emptied. And they they were like, well, there's two people that could have possibly opened this door. Both of them are like, it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, but, but this is, like... Really the first scene where we establish McCready as the, lead, the de facto leader of the group. and Cause shit gets into the natural order of these things, which is chaos. When,
1: when everyone is a suspect, people, shit gets tense.
0: Yeah. And I love, though, that there wasn't some domineering power struggle from the captain. Like when Windows runs off after the, everybody's having a confrontation where they're all pointing fingers at one another. Windows runs off and he's getting a gun. He's like, I'm going to not die.
1: Yeah, Like, y'all motherfuckers,
0: do what you want. I'm going to be sitting here with a shotgun. Like, McCready de-escalates the situation. And um,
1: Gary draws on Windows, and he's like, son, put it down. mm -hmm. And we've already seen Gary take out a man from a very far distance. (laughs) So we know that Gary is not playing and that he will kill him. (laughs) Gary
0: is not playing at (laughs) all.
1: But then, like Liam, you said, these characters have a little more depth than you expect. Gary's like, well... You guys don't know it's not me. I'm a number one suspect because I hold the key that opens the the lock to the blood bag. So and he puts the pistol down.
0: And, and, gets... and they can empathize with each other. Yeah, that's one thing that it's very uncommon in in horror movies like this, where somebody is like. I understand why you would be suspicious of me. I am not going to now try and, like, dominate and put myself into a position of absolute power and, like, declare martial law over this base because I know that I will be fucked because I'm not an idiot. Like, yeah. he, he immediately cedes control, he puts down his gun, and he's like, okay, I'm in survivor mode. Yes. Like, he's yeah. like, I'm not going to fucking die.
1: Well, and he's not a fucking, like, megalomaniac, uh, a la, you know, um, Marlon Brando from Apocalypse Now where he yeah. becomes like a, he's like, I will rule this kingdom. He's, 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 he, he's like, no, no, I am a, not the thing, I want yeah this to go back to normal.
0: Yeah, when like we're in any other movie, really, like even, you see it in like The Fog, you see it in like that, which is another John, or another... Yeah, uh, Carp- John Carpenter film, yep. yeah. Yeah, that you have like the immediate um, person who seizes... Direct control. A much worse movie than you think. Correct. <laughs> Absolutely. Not a matter of opinion. 100% correct. Yeah. But um, what I also like, though, is that because you have these characters making smart decisions throughout the film, and this plays for the rest of the movie, because like a lot of the second act is basically built upon trying to figure out who is assimilated and who is not, and they do it in very smart ways, but because their characters are intelligent and they don't, and they function like high-functioning people would in a very tense situation where there's a lot on the line, they... Anytime somebody makes a, 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 a smart decision that could benefit their survival or, or you know, result in their survival if they're about to get fucking lit up or, yeah. <laughs> or shot, it also casts more suspicion on them. Yes. Because the thing's main goal is survival as well. Yes. And it's trying to... It wants to keep as many of them alive and not vaporized as possible because its goal is to assimilate as many people as possible. Yeah.
1: And escape this fucking desolate nowhere.
0: Yeah. Um, Fuchs... True, real one burns himself alive. Like, he's kind of the McCready's de facto second in command because he's
1: he's the one with the most science knowledge now.
0: Because, mm. um, Blair is
1: sequestered off into the shed, and
0: Copper is in suspicion because he was one of the two people that had access to the blood.
1: Yes, so they and he's the other doctor. So, yeah, he he's he goes off for some reason. I can't remember the reason that he goes off outside.
0: They all kind of D off together, I think, to look into different shit, don't they?
1: Yeah, and and they when they discover. Uh, Fuchs' body, they discover some incriminating evidence against McCready, right? It's McCready's
0: jacket. And there's an unclear amount of time. I think McCready says it might have been two days since the actual thing made its first appearance. Yeah. Uh, Because he's doing like a captain's log. And he says that, but he doesn't say it to other people, but we can assume because they're all smart and trying to live together that he has shared some of this knowledge. He says he thinks that when the thing assimilates you, it rips through your clothes. Because like, he discovered those long johns with holes in them. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't find it. And the thing's also smart, again, because... the ripped the tag off. The tag is ripped out, yeah. So they find... They see McCready's jacket on the ground, and, uh, and Fuchs is just like, bye. Yeah, because their blood test is out
1: the window because Fuchs burned himself. So they don't have that. And then they leave McCready out in the in the fucking blizzard. Knowles
0: yeah. proves himself as a real one right there, old yeah. skater boy. <laughs> yeah, because he was
1: like, that motherfucker's jacket was was there. He's the thing. And that's when fucking Kurt Russell's like, I am the realest of them all. Dude,
0: that's what I said. I said McCready busts back in that motherfucker like <laughs> yeah. a true OG. Yes. Oh, man. The coffee, coffee, coffee. Get the towel. <laughs> I said bust so, so so triumphantly that I actually busted down my coffee. You better get your phone or- Bust it down, Thotiana. My, th- my phone waterproof. Everything's fine. Oh, man. <laughs> Everything's good. The studio yeah. is in ruin. <laughs> well, what did you do? Everything's cool. You We're cool. You made me goof, too. Everybody's fine. Um. <laughs> so. that towel for you. <laughs> this is going to be uh, an edited episode of Cult of Classics. Um
1: and we're
0: back! (laughs) (laughs) We spilled some drinks. We spilled some drinks. We're sorry. I'm sorry. We shouldn't have so many drinks in the studio. (laughs) We each are drinking two drinks. We're doing uppers and we're speedballing a little bit. We each both have a beer and some coffee. Um, And I'm just knocking mics. Anyway. Yeah. um, Emotions impact these characters for sure. (laughs) But... Every every one of these characters really has it makes a like a, a a decision based on logic yeah. in the inter- in their own self interest at the, at some point in this movie like even Knowles, who is like. He's listening to Superstition, and he's, like, skating around, yeah. and he's, like, the cook. Ostensibly, he's not, like, a scientist or anything like that. But he sees McCready's jacket on the ground, and he fucking cuts him loose. Yeah,
1: he makes it a smart decision.
0: Yeah, and that that it's just so consistent throughout the movie. that Turns I really out to be like.
1: wrong, but it's still a smart decision.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't fucking matter. I mean, we see McCready make a very similar decision later in the movie where...
1: Well, where um the guy with the dogs, what's his name? Uh, Clark. Where Clark comes at him with a scalpel.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and then McCready straight proves that he is an old school gunslinger and whips from the hip in one motion blows it blows his fucking head off. Yeah, dude. It's true it was he came in
0: with the quickness. I
1: mean, it was just smooth. It was like Yeah, it was like, just like whew. no hesitation. Yeah. Just blew his fucking brains out. <laughs> from the hip
0: to the head, baby. <laughs> yeah, I really like you know that there nobody is going to sacrifice their own life or, like, all of humanity just because they think their friend might be in trouble. Yes. Like, that's that's really smart of all these people, and it's smart of the writing to stay consistent throughout the movie. So, and this is when Kurt Russell brings in, like, when he busts back in, they <laughs> he busts into a storage shed, and he is holding... A flamethrower yes. and a stack of dynamite. Yes. And this is Chekhov's dynamite. Because it will it will come yeah, back will later come on. Back. But um Or does he have a flare? He, that's right he's, he's got a flare, flare first and, and then he he negotiates from the flare dynamite position to, to the, the flamethrower the flamethrower dynamite position yeah. <laughs> and this is where we see this is this is it, in my opinion one of Kurt Russell's best performances like yeah. ever
1: yeah. yeah for real
0: of all time he really does a good job he's like balancing between being like Captain Cocky yes like he is and like you know you see like Big Trouble Little China yeah like all the way through like there was that stint sort of romantic comedies he was doing where he's mm-hmm. always just playing like the super like cocky, very like sure of himself, never wrong, and even when he is wrong, it's just gonna be a wise crack, you know. Yeah. Like cartoon character to like here, he's been that sort of character from the beginning of the movie, but he's also like scared to death. He is scared to look. He is shook. Ain't no such thing as Halfway Crooks. <laughs> 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 I just had to channel Blake for a little bit. But <laughs> he is really teetering right here because he's, one, cold as fuck. Yeah. He's been left out to freeze and die. And, two, like, he is now the center of the suspicion. Like, everybody is pretty much certain that he is a thing. Yeah. And he's going to have to, like, tie them up and (laughs) hold them at flamethrower point to keep from being caught and, and killed.
1: And this is where... This is the crazy scene. I mean, this is where the iconic scene happens, right? Where... Um... He does he shoot or do, what happens to to the redheaded guy? I can't remember his name. Is his name Norris? Yes. And Norris is the one that it somehow has like a he's been um, thinged on. Yeah. And the thing is assimilating with him, and he has like like a cardiac arrest or something yeah. from this altercation in the storeroom with uh, McCready coming back. Yeah. And that's when Doctor Clark, they're like they're like he he's like let me fucking help him. So yeah. he takes him to the operating table, and this is where. Um, the, Shit gets the best fucking special effects in the movie. Yeah, like bar none. He he does the 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 shock paddles on him, and then his fucking abdomen opens up into a fucking mouth with teeth and, and bites his arm off. You get clipped, yeah. And then and then <laughs> Quick. fucking from his chest comes a horrible disgusting worm shark teeth face creature thing. Yeah.
0: And then they burn its ass. Yeah. And
1: then his head rips off the
0: body. It grows like, legs it, and eyes. It's like his head is attached to, like his neck just turns into a slinky and just like, yeah. like off the table. It turns into its own little upside down, like mouth ass fucking spider monster.
1: It shows like any substantial body part of the thing can regenerate and regroup. But it can't, it doesn't seem like it can add that much mass to itself. Right. Which might lead me to think that at the end, when we see the giant thing, mm-hmm. that that is the combination of the other things, which would be strange for me to, for it to put it all its eggs in one basket, but that
0: might be what it did. I mean, it's got McCready fucking McReady to kick some ass. Yes. For real. He is like- McReady. Right. His name is actually MacReady. I was like, yeah. when when Clark goes to get him, I'm like, there's no fucking way you're taking out MacReady.
1: Yeah, there's, you, there's he's no way. He's just
0: built a, out of tougher stuff than you homeboy. <laughs> like, he's done. You're done. Yeah, you're you know, come at him up. with, what, like a fucking folding knife? Yeah. He's got a gun yeah. and a flamethrower. What were you going to do? Not a
1: damn thing. Not a goddamn thing.
0: But well, anyway, this movie does a really cool
1: thing, too. When the little head is, like, scampering off, and they all turn and see it, and they're like, "You have gotta be fucking kidding me," yeah. which is what, which is what the audience is thinking yeah. at that exact moment. You're like, "You've got to be fucking kidding me," and then they burn its little na- the nasty head creature. Mm-hmm.
0: The pra- the practical effects in the scene are just like they're, they're they're second to none. They're awesome. Like they and they hold up. This movie is from '82. Yeah. This movie is goddamn near 40 years old. It's crazy. And it's so ridiculous to see it. It's because there's minimal animation, yeah. and it's all practical effects. It's fucking crazy. The guy that did the practical effects and the makeup on this movie, his name's Rob Botten. Yeah. Um, and he is an OG.
1: He did a lot of great shit.
0: Yeah, he did, like, RoboCop and Seven and just, like, a bunch of really kind of iconic to- to- total recall fucking a-, a bunch of dope shit. Uh, Twilight mm-hmm. Zone, the movie. Talking yeah. about, talking about <laughs> talking about what you' talking about, but yeah. So this that, is where
1: we get the the Macready's blood test, right?
0: Yes, this is after this scene. Um, his, you know, he get this is right after this, this is when Clark gets fresh and Macready just pops his ass, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and um, now Macready is just doing the new blood test, and he kind of just like you know frontier medicine, like f- Doctor Macready, medicine woman <laughs> figures it out, figures this shit out. He's just like, all right, well, it. Ran away. The head literally popped off this man's body when we burned it. So, I'm thinking it doesn't like heat. It <laughs> doesn't
1: like pain. Yeah, it doesn't like I mean, pain, doesn't like heat. heat, specifically, yeah. Yeah,
0: and so he's like, what we're going to do is I'm going to tie all of you motherfuckers to chairs, and I'm going to take some of your blood, mm-hmm. I'm going to heat up a wire, and I'm going to touch it. And if it has a bad reaction, you're a fucking thing. And if it doesn't have a bad reaction, we're going to see. Yep. And... This is another really great suspenseful moment because he he tests. I think his his first guy. Who does he test first? Knowles. Uh,
1: no, Knowles is.
0: No, he tests well, Windows first. Windows
1: first, yeah. Windows first. Yeah,
0: and he lets Windows get up and be his little little helper.
1: No, no, no. He tests the two corpses. He tests the corpse of the Doctor Clark, and he cl- uh, of Clark and he, yeah, and
0: of Doctor Copper.
1: Copper and Clark. He tests, and that's where. Um, what's his name? Childs, Keith, David. Keith David says you're a fucking murderer because neither one of them their blood reacted and then McCready doesn't even fucking acknowledge him
0: yeah he's just like okay and
1: they just keep testing
0: I don't give a fuck
1: yeah, they just keep testing. I'm a
0: Creedy, and if you try me anymore, I might shoot you too.
1: <laughs> when he got, got let out in the snow, he was like, I am I am not playing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, You disrespect You stuck. motherfuckers tried to kill me. <laughs>
0: but yeah, the the, the really the, the new blood test is a it's a great suspenseful scene and it shows McCready's power as a leader, you know, having a Flamethrower helps, but also yeah. like he's 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 coming into his own and like figuring shit out now and really taking control of the situation as best he can. I mean, the, what I like about the, the thing is that it's extraordinarily powerful as a villain, but the humans aren't just fucked. It's not just like if Michael Myers catches you, then he kills you. It's like you can actually take action to try and outsmart the thing and keep yourself safe. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a great jump scare in the scene with the blood in the dish. Um, you know, we, we sad to see a little goofball windows go as windows, windows get killed. First of all, this is one of the scariest parts to me in the movie because
1: I just imagined being tied up next to the thing. Yeah. And yeah. I would have been like, give me the fuck! Fo- give me the fuck!" I would have been like, yeah. I would have been like losing it to get out of that.
0: Well, and there's a genuine laugh too, right? And then in, in, in that movie where, uh, in that movie, in that scene when, um, it's Keith David uh, character, his, his character Childs is finally strapped down next to Gary. Yeah. Um. And he's like, all right, well, you going to do the blood test or whatever. <laughs> and he, yeah. he does the blood test and it doesn't react. And he's like, all right, well, untie me from this motherfucker. Yeah. Untie me from this motherfucker. Untie me from the motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just gets to like Gary in the chair by himself. And, Gary, and Gary's not a thing. Gary's not the thing. No, they have they have a confrontation where it's old, like, punk-ass wannabe poser, like, denim jacket guy.
1: Well, yeah, they get the, he's the one, but after they get him, they still have the two, yeah. and neither one of them are the thing, and then they're like, well, let's go check on the doc. Yeah. And the doc apparently has, be, like, uh, dug himself a tunnel... <laughs> And yeah. been assembling a spaceship. So actually, the doc could have been the thing for like a long time. Because we think about all the shit he ripped out. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, we don't know when he became the thing, but he's been the thing for a while. Yeah. Like a while. Because like yeah,
0: because after MacReady, after the blood test, McCready decides to go. They want to go and check on him. So they go and check on him, but like they're also like pairing off into groups and going to check on other shit.
1: And they and they leave um, Keith David's character back, and they're like, if Doc comes back without us. Burn his ass. Yeah,
0: for real. Like <laughs> my note here is actually like now that we can test blood, let's go check on Doc. uh Oh, Doc is making a motherfucking spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> um, Child's running out of the base when they see him. Like they, it's um, it's it does look sped up to me. It does look sped up. It's, it's but it's creepy. The it effect is creepy. is creepy of seeing him just like dart off
1: because because you think now, oh, is Child's the thing? Yeah, because he didn't listen to the to the agreed upon plan.
0: Yeah, and I mean, but also I wouldn't want to be left in the base by myself either.
1: I mean, I got a flamethrower. That's true. I feel pretty secure with the flamethrower. Hopefully it's not the one that malfunctioned with uh, the whole Windows uh, incident.
0: Yeah, Windows gets straight up...
1: Got because he can't get his flamethrower to work.
0: Yeah, and McCready drops his flamethrower. Well, yeah, McCready drops his flamethrower, and he can't get it his to work. So he's like, Windows, light this motherfucker up. And Windows panics for like a second, and the thing is like... And
1: it just gets him <laughs> like a Venus flytrap mouth. Thing. Yeah,
0: it's really crazy. And it's it's... It's really disappointing because up until this moment, everybody has kept themselves together reasonably well. But Windows has like literally a moment's hesitation, and things just like I'm gonna survive. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we uh we got Commander Gary finally back in the fray. You know, M- McCready's still yes. <laughs> he's still running. McCready's still running, the motherfucker. But M- Commander Gary is just like, hey, can we? You see. Like I don't need to be tied up now. Can I maybe get yeah. my gun back since I'm an amazing shot? <laughs> and, they, and they, this is where
1: McCready's like, look, none of us are gonna live.
0: Yeah, because
1: because yeah. it takes out the generator. It, when the when the generator gets taken out, they're like, okay, we're all going to die. Yeah, because yeah. If they go, they check on the generator, and it's like it's destroyed. So yeah. they they know that they cannot survive the winter. And they're like, so what this thing is going to do is sit here in the cold and we Wait know, us out. Wait us out. And then when we get discovered, it's going to hop on that helicopter, whatever helicopter comes to check on us, and it's going to get to humanity. So they're like, we have to blow this motherfucker up.
0: Yeah. And this is, we're, we're right into Act 3 now. Actually, Act 3 starts right after the blood test scene and when we go to check on Doc. Um, so getting into Act 3, we we developed the plan to, you know, make sure that we can go and blow up the thing. We've got the the dynamite coming back into play. Um, there's more gross out here. It becomes a little less effective at the end, honestly, with yeah. the climax, because... Doc is scary. Doc is definitely scary. That's one of the scariest moments in the film, in my opinion, when Doc gets Gary. Like, yeah. Doc goes... Blair, he, yeah. Blair, yeah, Dr. Blair. Sorry, I just keep calling him Doc, because Wilford Brimley is a Doc. Like, if yeah. he, in, in real life, if I feel like, if I walked up and I'm like, what's up,
1: Doc? Yeah, I would call him Doc. Yeah,
0: too. he'd be like, oh, yeah, hey, that's me. But <laughs> he just shoves his hand very like stone faced. It's
1: so, it's such a cool shot because it's just, it, it's just like he extends his hand and it's in his face. It's like they do it with just, it's just two, it's just two camera moves. It's like behind, mm-hmm. it's over the shoulder of uh, Cooper or, uh, shit, I forget Blair. It's, well, yeah. You, oh, it's Gary. The, it's the back of Gary. Yeah. Him sticking his hand and then, and then it's in front of Gary. And now they've gotten the, uh, the uh, visual makeup effect of like his hand being in his face, yeah, and and Brimley's face is just stoic as
0: fuck. Yeah, and Gary's not like screaming or anything; no. he's just horrified, yeah. and he's like, and this thing is taking over him very quick. I imagine if it gets to your brain pretty quickly. I mean, yeah, right? he, he's just like getting him. Yeah, it's very scary. And then Nall's just kind of like D's off. He goes and sees something, and you're like, "What happens?" And it's like oh, we don't know. <laughs> but yeah, how does? Okay. So we have our final confrontation with the thing.
1: Are you going to ask how it has the dog DNA?
0: Well, I yeah, I imagine there's there's some part of it that must have been assimilated with uh, the yeah, dog it prior. It must have
1: been. It's crazy to try to trace it, but it must have been part of that original thing.
0: Yeah, I think, and I I, I don't know what kind of memory these assimilated beings have if the cells are just being replicated. But this is the, this is actually now like the third time we see the dog monster come out because we see it. At first, when it's an actual dog and it's trying to assimilate the other dogs. And we see it second during the autopsy when it, like, shoots out of the, the corpse. Like, there's another dog inside the corpse. And yeah. then now we're seeing another dog monster come out. But this time it's giant. But really, my, my question is, how does McCready survive this explosion, when the thing <laughs> yeah. pops out, because he's like in a he's in like an underground part of this bunker mm-hmm. basically, and he has a shitload of dynamite, and he sets off this this gigantic explosion with a single stick because the fucking thing comes out, I, like Tremor style, like underground Yuck. slithers. Up to where he has the di- the detonator and just like yoinks it. <laughs> that was actually a pretty funny movie yeah. moment to me. It was, it's just like yoink. <laughs> like I, you don't need that. I want that. Yeah. <laughs> and he um, he he, get, he then s- throws a stick of dynamite that he's lit at the pile of dynamite, like the large pile of dynamite that they have set up to blow the thing up, and it succeeds. But this explosion again. Like every other explosion in the movie, it is gigantic. It's fucking enormous. Yeah, this whole structure goes up, and somehow McCready is just good.
1: We we just have to assume that he because it cuts away from him in, in that time and that he was gone.
0: Yeah, he was like, you know what? I'm real fast. Actually, an Olympic
1: runner. You didn't know that, Liam? Yeah. dummy. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and then okay, so we get towards the 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 proper ending of the movie, um, and that's a McCready's confrontation with Childs. Um, and they both come up. Neither of them are sure if the other one has been assimilated or if they both have been. And yep. we don't know as the audience either. Um, but it's weird to me because it's like, is McCready giving up? If so, it's out of character for him to be beaten down in the last minute. I'm not a huge fan of this ending. because <clears throat> well, every... they do get to have the nice little whiskey
1: drinking moment while they like basically just accept their deaths.
0: That's true, but if they're the thing, then they're not going to die. Yeah,
1: but they, you find out that they're not.
0: Do you? Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, the thing would have killed him.
0: But what if it it would have? I thought it would have just like stuck around and maybe tried to assimilate him.
1: Yeah, but they sit down. I mean, it would have, it would have done. It, the thing hasn't shown any moments of hesitation or any reason to banter. So if the thing is um, McCready, which I mean, I I kind of assume the thing's not McCready. I did too. But if the thing is Childs, yeah, then it wouldn't have. Needed to sit down and drink whiskey with him. He's defenseless. He doesn't have the flamethrower. He would have just walked right up to him and got him, just like Wilfred Brimley got yeah. Gary earlier. So I, I, think that it's pretty safe to assume that neither one of these guys is the thing. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not going to assume the thing is dead because there theoretically could have been uh, any number any of little number of, of like at least two at least two things. Yeah, like that one th- it that attacked. Um, McCready could have been Gary, and then Blair is still out there.
0: Right. So,
1: uh, <clears throat> that's, there's no assumption for that. Um, but,
0: yeah. It's just, it's open-ended, and it seems inconsistent with the writing style of the movie to have it not be settled. Because they've been super scientific about everything before this point. And, I mean, granted, everything's fucked.
1: Everything's fucked and they're dead.
0: Yeah, and when the Norwegian base is like a mirror of yeah, it's their the base same. now,
1: and everyone from the Norwegian base died, and this is, they're they're dead. And the thing is about this movie outside of the film that that was the setup for thing two, but because this movie flopped because it was put up against E.T., uh, it, it looks it ends up looking weird. Even though this is the way Carpenter like loves to end his fucking, he loves to end his movies on a big wide
0: yeah. and then
1: roll credits of just the, you know, destruction. Like, he, yeah. he loves that shit. And, um, you know, just let the score play you out. And, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's definitely not a happy ending, and it definitely doesn't resolve it, but I think that was extremely intentional.
0: Yeah, and it's it's a shame that the movie did so poorly because it really is a good... I mean, there's a reason this is a cult classic movie. It's very good.
1: It's really good. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's <laughs> so many movies that have been made Like the thing that are so much worse than the thing. Yeah,
0: and I mean, like, and you can see the beats because they, the a lot of movies that have like copycatted the thing have done the exact same thing, but just poorly. Way, way worse. Dreamcatcher
1: is a great example of a movie that that really wanted to be the thing
0: and really was not. Well, talk about people just acting fucking stupid. Yeah, like it's just uh, the characters just make no sense, and they're just like, all right, something has gone wrong, and now I'm not myself anymore. Yeah, it's like okay. Tight. Well, I guess I'll just <laughs> watch you guys get fucked for the rest of the like The time is just like, how are you guys gonna die? Good. Oh, one of you actually has a, a moment of clarity at the end, and you realize that you could just like, you know... It's always did.
1: one character at yeah, the end.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I'm, just, I'm gonna just out of nowhere become my same sensible self that can actually think through problems and find a solution. <laughs> Good for me. Everybody yeah. else is dead, though.
1: Well, Dreamcatcher had the problem of being Stephen King, so it was like... He doesn't know how to end shit. No, it was like, it has to be like... We were all kids back in the past, and we have all have magical abilities and nonsense.
0: Yeah, it's like, oh, what can stop ultimate evil? When things, when when people were young together.
1: Yeah, that's his thing. <laughs> that's that's his thing.
0: The magic of youth. Because Stephen King has looked like eighty years old since he was forty five. <laughs> God,
1: man, they, I who I would I would want a bigger nose if I were him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can relate. I got I, I got I got nose envy. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, little nose. Oh, little nose. So some loose ends that I wanted to, to chop up a little bit. Um, the blood that f- flies out of that Petri dish when they're doing the actual, like, the wire blood test. Like, can we assume that it survived? Like, could childs have been assimilated by that? mm and maybe that's, like, as early as he turns, because it's, like, immediately... Like, because in the context of the movie, we don't see him for quite a while after that scene. He just gets left, and then we see him run off. Yeah. So...
1: To that, me, to me, the answer is no. Um, I, I is, Wait, could the blood survive? Yes, I believe the blood, blood could survive. I believe if you...
0: If you give me the blood, Lord. If
1: you ate that blood, that over time, you could become the
0: thing. Yeah.
1: Um, But... My thing is earlier, when the dog brushes up against um, the guy that eventually becomes the thing, the first one that becomes the thing, and they. Bennings. Bennings, and they burn him, he is not turned into the thing. And you can assume, he says, ow. So you can assume that the dog either bit him, yeah. or did something, um, and that was not enough to turn him into the thing. That's he, true. He had to be he, like forcibly turned by that corpse. He is later. the guy
0: that, that like, the dog comes up to and starts licking. Maybe it just was a slower transfer from like that moment.
1: But I mean he got fucking violently turned into it by in the um in the storeroom. So why would they need to do that if he was already slow going in? Yeah, true. I think that the blood can survive. I think that the blood can live in the snow. I don't think I think that it needs requires more mass to turn you into the thing. That's my personal theory. I think that it I think if you redid the story, I think you could definitely tell it like that. Though I think the blood which would make it nigh impossible and make Blair's decisions way super logical. Um, They were already logical, but if Blair, you know, if you did like a new telling of the thing and you did it well with our computer analysis, we could tell like what percentage of this thing could survive outside of its body. It's like a couple of cells. Yeah. Then it'd be like, okay, we, we have no chance. Yeah. We're fucked. So then he would have like, been like we have to liquefy all of us have to burn yeah to nothing at
0: that point like if i'm wilford brimley and i figured that out i'm just like getting the flamethrower and just torching motherfuckers as i left see and them. right just torching every person you just see as i see them and like if anybody gets close enough to i just be like in a closed off room just be like come and get me Not i going oh well i burned you <laughs>
1: What are you gonna How are you gonna lure him in after the first one gets burned?
0: <laughs> Maybe I'll just walk around and then, like, you, you should
1: know. leave Reese's pieces like an homage to ET. Yeah. And then, as they follow him, they're just like, surprise, <laughs> it's me in the closet. Like, <laughs> you remember that this scene in the closet where he just like he looks like a stuffed animal and he's just like, like huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so
0: you know, closing thoughts on the thing, um, the writing is super tight. Uh, not much time is wasted from establishing characters to creating the tension and then the suspen- the sp- suspenseful thriller parts are really paced very well like we yeah. don't spend too much time on like the who done it you mm-hmm. like I'm suspicious of you well I'm suspicious of you well, I, can, I was like you can get you could and we've seen examples of other movies that have taken from this you can get super bogged down in that you kind of thing you can get super bogged down in it. but it's really it's paced very well um, and the horror Gore is balanced very well with it. Like there's enough story that is not just like a Cronenberg nasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I do think that the ending is a little bit weak. Still, I mean, we've talked about it now, so I'm I'm a little bit more forgiving of it. But um, I do, I don't like how open. I mean, like, and especially anticipating a a sequel, um, I I can forgive it a little bit more. But I, I don't like that kind of ending, especially in a horror movie because it's just like. Uh, the end question mark? <laughs> but um, the ride of the movie is great. Um, yeah, and it, it really
1: doesn't get bogged down in exposition.
0: Yeah, like it's like they're on a base.
1: This thing's from space. The one thing that I felt like it could have done without was the the spaceship scene. Um, I don't know. Though, it, but it does. I don't hate it because it's like it's not. It's like we want you to know that this is an alien.
0: Okay, yeah. and it's it, I feel like it was important to them to stress that this is, like, an alien from outer space movie. Yeah,
1: this is an alien from outer space movie. And that's, okay, cool. Um, that's probably because we, I don't think Liam and I, neither of us have seen the original thing from outer space. Yeah. I think they were, like, they wanted to keep that true to the original film, I guess. It's like, this is an alien. This is not just a creature. Right. So um, this is this thing is incredibly intelligent.
0: Maybe we could so, do the thing from outer space from 52. I mean that wouldn't be bad. I,
1: I don't I don't I don't know if it's any good,
0: but Yeah, me neither. I don't know if it's a cult classic either.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but this movie just has the perfect amount of exposition. And yeah. it, like you said, it takes an ensemble cast of not so good actors and paces them and uses them all effectively. Yeah. And that's it's crazy hard to do that. Like it's so easy to be bad. Like for this for films like this. They're almost always bad. Like, they're almost always bad.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But the, I think it's really funny, though, because I looked into the guy who adapted the original story for the screenplay, um, and his name is uh, fucking some dude. Tittlewits. Tittlewits, Um And his only other credits writing were The Thing video game and, like, all of the Bad News Bears movies. <laughs> <laughs> so it's crazy that he popped this one out because this is really really well written in my opinion. Yeah. Um John Carpenter is an OG. Yeah, he's a master he, of horror, dude. He really got fucked by ET. Yeah. Um you know, not to no no shade on ET, but
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely not. But
0: it's it's I it's, mean, it's, now it's, as an adult
1: I prefer the thing to ET.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen ET in a while. I mean, I to me now I like the thing more. Yeah. I I'm, may. I'm, I'm I really like this movie. Like, I kept thinking, I was just like that. The whole way through, I was just like, God damn, I like this movie. I was <laughs> like, yeah, this thing is good. It's just, I really appreciate a story that is tight, that gives me all the information that I need, doesn't really leave too much out, but also gives me just enough to, like, have the information that I need to, for the plot to proceed correctly and
1: i look and what i love about it is that it doesn't fall victim to what i hate in ensemble casts, where they keep trying to force me to like the characters by cutting to them and be like oh that's so gary yeah, like that's yeah. so cu- like i'm just like fuck off just have them be themselves and i'll care about them because they're humans like good for you because i hate gary now
0: god i hate that shit i don't want to hear any more about gary um and the other thing one like just really small tidbitty thing that I really enjoy about this movie is that they really gave props to Rob Bottin who is the makeup guy he is like He's like before the actual opening billing in the in the opening credits. So they yeah. like they knew where their bread was buttered. They were like, This movie looks fucking crazy. Yeah. And it's due in large part to this guy who did such an amazing job on the Oh special yeah, this best. shit doesn't
1: work if the mo- if the thing is cheesy. Yeah, no,
0: not at all. It and doesn't it, work. It's like I mean it's it's parts of it are more gross out than they are scary, but yeah. parts of it are genuinely fucking frightening. Terrifying. Yeah. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Do you have any any closing thoughts to wrap her up?
1: No, I just think this is a great cult classic film. And if you like sci-fi and if you like horror, this is one of the best, if not the best, blend of the two that's ever been done. So uh, this is also the movie that crushed John Carpenter's career. Yeah. So that's also interesting. So it's sad about
0: that. But, but interesting because it's so over, good.
1: Yeah, over time, it's kind of been proven that he was right. And that his movie was great. So... Thanks for listening to the Cult of Classics.
0: Yeah. Overall, I give it uh, 9 out of 10 head spiders.
1: Yeah. And I give it 17 out of uh, 19 um, belly jiggles. (laughs) Fuck yeah. All right. So tune in next time when we talk about a different uh, cult classic movie. Uh, That's it. Mm, Go fuck yourself, Uh, Kofi. Go fuck yourself, (laughs) Kofi.